American dream is not dead. Listen to Neil and Jeff share their leadership experiences through a new kind of leadership podcast. This is The American Hustle. I'm leveled up. And this is my world Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever, however you are joining us. Welcome to The American Hustle where we believe the American dream is not dead. This podcast is about leadership, entrepreneurship, and just being a darn good person. My name is Neil with SFJ4x4.com, and I am joined with our decorated producer, Uh, Jeff Shermani, the Italian stallion. So first off, take a moment, like, subscribe, give us a five-star rating. Uh, as far as what's coming up in this episode, today we're going to just kind of do a little bit of an intro teaser episode on uh, barriers to effective leadership. And yes. we're going to probably make this into a three-part series. We were just talking about that. Uh, as always, don't miss out for the quote of the week at the end of the episode. That's right. Yeah. it's This is such a, a substantial topic. And one of the things that I've been wondering if we maybe shouldn't work towards as we formulate these conversations, uh, which are organic and, and that's appropriate that they're organic as we combine our many years of varied, uh, personal development and leadership experiences, trainings, uh, you know, from, from entrepreneurship, small business to corporate experiences, to team building activities, those types of environments. Yeah. As we combine these things in this kind of this organic conversation, Uh, One of the things that I've been thinking we can be doing is more like series, right? So so figuring out a a six-part series on, uh, you know, six ways of effective leadership or, you know, barriers to effective leadership. Absolutely. uh, You know, which is arguably different. And so if we kind of test this theory with our listeners, uh, certainly this group who's joined us in this relatively early years of uh, or, or early run of this particular podcast, right? As it continues to grow, we'll see how they how they like it and what makes sense to us and uh, to this you know to this particular podcast. So I think we try and and beta test that series part a little bit. And Absolutely. Try and, uh, we'll we'll lay out our roadmap potentially today. Talk about what are some barriers to effective leadership. What does that actually look like? And um, and then expand upon that further in coming episodes. Well, and I think I think first off, it, it's important to uh, talk about why is effective leadership important. So, it, it, with yeah, that, it almost seems kind of commonplace, right? You know, one that uh, you you might just accept as this is just uh, you know that's common sense, right? Right. Um, but ultimately, leadership. Uh, I think it's so interesting because I really, truly believe that you can look out upon the landscape of businesses and identify businesses that have uh, strong, uh, you know, executive leadership and businesses that are, you know, that ultimately are are floundering a little bit. Yeah. And uh, and and though I think as we've talked about in the very very initial beta podcast, this inverted pyramid of leadership where your executive leadership, their core responsibility is to wholly support the workers that 
you know, that make the machine move forward. Correct. Uh, not ride on their laurels, right? And yep. that's the difference wholly there. 100%. That, um, that that effective leadership will resonate with uh, the entire organization and it will create culture. It will. And I think it's important to talk about as part of that because you mentioned the corporate leadership, executive leadership type of things. Oftentimes, when a leader takes over a new new position, it may seem initially short term that they have an ineffective leadership ability but if they're doing things the right way it'll come out eventually that they are actually an effective leader and they were taking over an ineffective operation oh my gracious and that you know what that's that is a uh, a rule of <clears throat> excuse me of social leadership of leadership pursuits in in all aspects and you know from uh, from local organizations to you know to your church body to your small business to arguably even politics absolutely right? and so that is a a common thing we talk about it with professional sports or uh, coaching oh coaching is coaching always gets me fired up especially with the NFL because like, that's the sport I follow most sure and you get a, a new coach in on a, a bad team that's been bad for decades yes and the new coach is fired three months in you're like give them a chance yeah you can't build a team and you can't build a team in three months no and that's that speaks to that speaks to the broken nature of our social expectations as as the working class, right? Yep. And I include myself in that conversation when it comes to supporting or being a fan base of a particular team, right? Uh, let's call myself a working class of the Cleveland Browns, yep. right? Yeah. And uh, and ultimately, that was honestly the team I was referencing. I, I don't know. like the Browns myself, I but know. I, I I feel bad for them because of the way they treat their coaches. And, and that's exactly it, right? So we are the working body. We are the body of the the fan base. Mm -hmm. And and for some reason, as a base, we go for the jugular constantly. Yep. We cannot allow a coach or a player to get rooted into our community, into our process, to then create effective change. Right. So if we, you know, and that's that's a shortcoming on us as the base. And how often are we exposed to that via? Uh, you know, via your organization, again, church, local community outreach, small business, corporate experience. Yeah. Right. And that is a human experience that we can't seem to shake. Right. New pastor comes into town and you're unhappy with the services for the first three months and you're grumbling and you're griping because, quite frankly, at our core, humans don't like change. Correct. And that is such a difficult thing. And that's a herd mentality. As an individual listening to our podcast, you might be like, oh, that's not me. I, I like change. I like progress. I like seeing reinvestment, blah, blah, blah. And you and you think that, but then the first thing goes wrong. They, they, they blow a play, completely blow it. Oh, that's terrible coaching. They should have seen that coming. Like, <laughs> wait, what? What? Yeah, and, and you will be exposed to those types of people. And and honestly, I, I firmly believe that that is one of the main barriers to effective leadership. What's that? As far as the base? The, the base, the social economics of change. Okay. The acceptance of change. So in this series, I think we're going to be talking about a couple things. And uh, I, I think, you know, I want to kind of outline 
the topics that you have put on our talking points and it's lack of team unity, yep. which is ish a little bit of what you were just addressing, uh, poor communication, unable to delegate, and then some additional barriers that we'll address as they, they kind of unfold. And so these are great talking points. And to go back to why is effective leadership valuable? It is critically important to creating culture, in my opinion. And that culture is uh, going to be received by whoever you are creating your product or process for. Yeah. So, you know, to continue to use that example, the new pastor, that there was a culture that you are inheriting. Mm -hmm. And now you are having to establish yourself as the new leader mm -hmm. of a new culture. Correct. Simply because you are the, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown is, the, you know, is a phrase that I've heard tossed around before. You are going to be responsible for when a color cloth is, is the wrong color on the altar. Correct. Right? And so if those of us uh, who have come from traditional religious backgrounds, Oftentimes, there are ceremonial or seasonal colored cloths that represent other, you know, d different aspects of right. our religious upbringing. And when that color is misrepresented. misrepresented during the service, there is somebody in the the back of the, the, you know, the fellowship who's going, well, that's the wrong cloth. And that pastor, you know, is yep. responsible for that. Mm -hmm. and, and ultimately, the pastor... Is trying to share a positive message of some capacity. Correct. And uh, the individual who's focused on the wrong color cloth, A, I would argue you're, you're not soaking in the message correctly. Yep. <laughs> but B, at the end of the day, that color cloth uh, falls upon the pastor as you know their responsibility to be the checks and balances of their pursuits. So that's just kind of a, a simple thing. Effective leadership as a startup business, those of us who are, those of you who are listening uh, with the idea that you're starting a company, starting a small business pursuit, you are laying the foundation mm -hmm. of your brand. And that is so, so critical because that leadership creates the culture that surrounds your brand. You're going to what you put out into the world, what you what you you sow, you will reap. Yep. Right. And and as far as being an effective leader, I think a lot of it comes from the ground up. You have to know what your team is going through. You have to understand what they're what they're dealing with. Yes. Uh, and you have to have done that role. Yes. My best example that I have was when I got into security. Uh, I'd never done security before. Mm -hmm. No background in it whatsoever. Sure. I was hired in as the head of a, a large corporation large security. Business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, it has to do with a lot with your character. They saw they saw your character. They saw you were the right person in the right geographic area because uh, I believe the security firm serviced a lot of ge geographic areas. Correct. Right? Yeah, so and, you have great character, great background. And they brought me in for the leadership, not, sure. not for the experience, for the leadership. Yes. So when I came in – I could have done leadership things and just switched everything out to make it run the way that I felt would run best, but I've got no experience in that field. Sure. All I'm going to do is create animosity and, and affect change that shouldn't happen. Sure. So for the first, uh, I want to say, month that I was there, 
I let things just run the way they were. I managed the payroll, made sure everybody was paid, helped people figure out schedules that were already kind of there and just maintain those schedules. Right. And I, I was a security guard. Yes. And that's everybody there recognized really quickly that I was there for them uh, and and wasn't coming in just to throw, th- throw things down and change everything on them. Right. So from there, we were able to be- build team unity and I let... I, I literally met with each individual security guard. Uh, there was 15 on staff at the time. I met with each individual one for an hour-long meeting where they got to interview me and I got to interview them so we could kind of get to know each other in a, a very relaxed conversational way. Uh, I asked them, hey, previous leadership here, what did you like? What didn't you like? Mm-hmm. If you could change anything, what would it be? Sure. And I didn't do that just as a facade or, or, or a, a front to it. I literally did it to get their understanding and help make sure that I could be the right leader for them, be that effective leader. Yeah, that's I, I love that analogy as far as or, or the the recount of your story of when you sat down to communicate to those individuals. I, I can't imagine just how challenging it is, especially because you don't have a background in, in security. Yeah. And so I think uh, what's what was what really speaks to me is the fact that since you don't have a skill set in security, you actually prioritized your your skill set in leadership. Correct. Right. And and so for our listeners, who I hope if you get anything out of this, uh, you can recognize the fact that oftentimes the the most skilled or experienced individual. Um, which is, you know, can actually can be, in, you know, impede you at some times. But even if you don't have the most skill set in the task at hand, uh, you can still prioritize this leadership, this idea to support your team. Right. Um, and, and as I was saying, it might actually impede you. I, I certainly do know that uh, that would go contrary to what your your statement earlier about knowing where your workers are at, right? Understanding their role. So um, I don't want to be too con- contradictory in my own, you know, in our own, in what we're Well, and I don't think it's here. contradictory. I think it's literally taking the time to understand their roles and understand their perspectives. Is, and that's, that's what allows you to become that more effective leader because you've taken that time and to see, learn that And see, that's the position. part that I, I want to, to say is that initially you might not have that skill set. Uh, but that authentic approach to say, I want to learn this. Yes. Uh, not, oh, hey, look at me. I'm this great leader. And now I'm going to turn this whole process up, you know, topsy turvy, right? But that I'm trying to work within the constraints of the confines of the position, of the roles and responsibilities that this group has already established. Correct. Right. And so I think there's an important differentiation because when you had brought that up earlier um, about being able to kind of empathize, empathize uh empathize empathize wow that, that's that's going on the, the cut reel empathize with your employees understanding where they're coming from right right uh it reminded me a lot of there was a, a time period in the 90s where public education was uh being uh prioritized at the administrative level to business managers yep one of the challenges with that is is that a lot of those business management individuals at the highest administrative levels did not have classroom experience, Mm -hmm. right? So if that same, if that business manager would have gone in and sat down with the teachers or with the students and done what you did, 
right? To say, hey, I'm going to meet with you all individually. I'm going to do some data collection. I'm going to try and figure out how you're approaching your job and the issues that you are affected by every day. Then maybe that that business management approach might have benefited the school systems. Correct. But I don't think there was that bridge, that connection of effective leadership. Right. Right? So what is effective leadership? If we were to try and, and define it, I know we we're this far into the podcast, but if we were to define effective leadership, where do you think uh, – what do you think that would look like? So I think you have to really define it against a manager. So there's leaders and there's managers. Uh, A a manager is going to get everything by the book. Things are going to happen. A leadership or effective leadership is where they actually empower their team to do the job and the the team will follow them because of the empowerment, because of the ability to lift them up as a team rather than uh, uh, managers often will be, well, I did this, I did that. A leader is going to say, we did this. Yeah, and I, I think that um, you, you kind of nail it there as far as the ability to influence or empower your employees in their roles, in their positions. Yes. Right? Ultimately recognizing that their success is a reflection of your success, both as a leader and as an institution. Yes. And I think that that's, that is the, the core measure of effective leadership. Obviously, there's a number of things that an individual will do, and maybe we'll break that down uh, in a following episode to say what are some of those key strategies to become an effective leader, yeah. But to you know, to juxtapose it against management, and that's not to take anything away from anybody who has that in their title. Right. Go back and listen to that. You know, that managers can be leaders. Titling. Yep. Yeah. But but management is oftentimes, uh, I think in in my approach, superficial. Yes. It's the idea of a tangible, momentary organizing Mm -hmm. that is required for the task at hand. That is management, right? So internally, we sit down and we divvy up jobs. We go through our work schedule through the week and we talk about the consumables or the parts needed to build the vehicles that we build at our our parent company, right? That's management. And then ensuring that people are scheduled and there's appropriate coverage and people who need to take time off can take time off, so on and so forth. Management. Leadership is those is that other aspect we were talking That's about. That's empowerment. Step. Yes. The the plurality, you know, encouraging people to feel unified under a vision or a mission. That is that is where the the fine line of leadership and management, you know, where you cross from one to the other. So one, very cool stuff. Real quick with that too, one thing I was told a long time ago is the way that you know somebody is an effective leader is if the team can run without the leader for a short period of time. As it should, in my opinion. But right? the team should be more efficient when the leader steps away for something for a short period, you know, a week or two, Yes. than with the leader there if, if they have an effective leader. Absolutely. A non-effective leader, they, they leave, everything crashes. Everything falls apart because ultimately, and, and I've, I've been exposed to these businesses all too often, uh, people will create businesses or positions that are very self-fulfilling. Yes. And that is more on that management role or that ego stroke business. Correct. Versus 
truly creating a driving force of sales, production, organizing, whatever your interest might be. Uh, leadership is is such that you are empowering people to carry on that vision with or without you. Yes. And I, I that is a, a great point. Are we moving towards, you know, we're moving towards my favorite part, the quote of the week. Yeah. Right. And it's so critical that you have hung in uh, to this conversation to this point. But don't forget, we want to hear from you and we'll tell you after the quote of the week how you can get involved. And we do have intention to make this a multi-part series. So we're going to be talking about some of those factors that make effective leadership. Uh, we'll also be talking about some ineffective thing, right? To get to those barriers. Um, because ultimately we are focusing on those barriers, those negatives, so that you can identify them before they're negatively impacting you and your team. Uh, so you're going to want to tune into those following podcast to really unpack that and be able to see that coming on the horizon so you can plan accordingly. All right. Well, let's transition over. And this is my world now. No matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Oh, boy. Warren Buffett. <laughs> I <laughs> that is, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. So that, that's fantastic. I've not heard Warren Buffett. I really enjoy, uh, I've not heard that from Warren Buffett. Yeah. I typically really enjoy his information. <laughs> no matter how great the talent or efforts, some things just take time. You can't produce a baby in one month by getting nine women pregnant. Yep. That is a heck of a quote. That is a heck of a quote. <laughs> I'm curious, how did you see this relating back to uh, effective leadership or barriers to effective leadership? Because a lot of people think that they can go in and change everything now. Oh, yeah. And you can't. Effective leadership is going to take time to build that. I, I, and the other piece with that said, and I feel like it speaks to me that I've seen a lot of other entrepreneurs specifically suffer from, right? But even just somebody who's very energetic in their new career path, their new organizational position, uh, they will get into that position and they're so excited to start a bunch of initiatives. Yep. And I recognize my own ability to get easily distracted within different pursuits of our you know, parent company. But at the end of the day, it's one of the things that I've always tried to focus on are the very specialized aspects that we do and to become very, very good at them. Correct. And I'll be honest, I absolutely can't stand, quote unquote, serial entrepreneurs. I know very few low-level, successful serial entrepreneurs. If you are an individual who is starting out and, and I mean, you've been in business less than 10, 15 years, and you've got a pizza shop, uh, an automotive garage, uh, a book fair company, you're doing you know weekend uh, animal balloon tying, and you have a bouncy house that you rent out. I, I can guarantee you that those businesses are paying for each other and none of them are standing on their own. That's exactly correct. 
That is exactly correct. You're just robbing Peter to pay Paul. If you're doing that right now, you need to take a deep, hard look in the mirror to say whether or not that is actually your definition of success or whether or not you have become very, very uh, well-regarded and successful within a specific stream and pursuit. And that's what Warren Buffett's talking about is it just takes time. The reality is it's one woman, one baby, or, you know, maybe two or three. But, you know, ultimately that process just takes time. There's nothing else you can do. Correct. To move that along any faster. Uh, And and ultimately you're setting yourself up for failure if you are. Correct. uh, Trying to get nine women pregnant at once. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a really interesting. I thought it was a really fun take on it. It's a super fun take on it. And it's really once you start to think about it and unpack it, there's a lot of meat and potatoes. It really is. And a true barrier to ineffective leadership is spreading yourself thin across so many unrelated aspects. Yep. Well, this was a great one. As usual, folks, I I really do want you to be part of this conversation. Jeff and I get together every week and have these talks so that while it does benefit us, our ultimate goal is to share it with you. And we want to hear how it is affecting you or impacting you or how you are using it or not using it in your life. You can do that by texting us on our text-only number, 440-855-2100. Again, 440-855-2100. Or emailing Jeff, the producer, directly at jeffc at sfj4x4.com. This was a good one on barriers to effective leadership. Again, we've got more parts of this series that we want you to be part of. So make sure you tune back in, get those downloads, share with your friends, and you know, leave us a review, comment, and share into the social platforms. Until then, folks, get out there and get hungry. And stay hungry. And this is my the American dream is not dead. We want to help you along the way. With over 40 years of combined leadership experience, we want to help you succeed. Share your stories, ask us questions, and believe in the American dream. Through heart and hustle, we will show you the path of success and hopefully have a little fun along the way. You can email us at jeffc at sfj4x4.com or text us at 440-855-2100. Until next time, lead with your heart and keep hustling.